Turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 1. The book of Acts, chapter 1. If you go to the New Testament, it is the fifth book. Or you could just turn to your table of contents. And if you don't have your Bible or your mobile device, you can look on the screens and follow along with us. But it's Acts, chapter 1. And when you found it, just stand with me. Amen. I'm going to be reading, starting at verse number four. Just going to read four verses for us this morning. And it reads like this. While he was together with them, um, the he we're talking about is Jesus. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the father's promise. This, he said, is what you heard from me. For John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, at this time, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the last verse, I want to read that one more time. But you will receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You may be seated. You know, we are... Um, the next couple of, next several weeks, we'll be entering into a new sermon series um, entitled Church on Purpose. And I say this because I think that many of us, we just go to church. Um, some of us, because our parents make us. I know I got a couple of them in my house thinking that <laughs> mom and daddy make me. Some of us, we do it because we did it growing up, and so now it just seems like the right thing to do. Some of us come to make our spouses happy. Uh, and some of us, we just come every now and then when we feel like it. I know somebody in here falls into that category. And the crazy thing about it is that I always hear, if, you, if you're not careful, when you listen to the news, the media, and the radio, or um, you always hear Christians whining and complaining. 
oh, the world is so bad and the church just doesn't. They're always crying and complaining about the church. You got those who are on the outside criticizing us as Christians, saying that we are hypocrites, which rightfully so some of us are. We don't always measure up to the standards that are set forth in God's word. Then you got some outside just criticizing us for any and everything, finding fault. But that's going to happen. They did that with Jesus. And we're no greater than our master, so they're going to do that with us. Amen. And then you got some who just don't understand, don't get church. They think that everything is just, you know, we just come somewhere. We just pray to some imaginable being, some God, some mysterious force in the universe. But that's not what Jesus had in mind when he started the church. That's not what God has in mind for this church or any other church that's open. And it begs me to ask the question because statistics show, according to Barnum Poe, that 85% of churches in America are either plateaued or declining. 85% of the places that open their doors on Sunday morning are plateaued or declining. What that means is that there are 85% of churches that are open right now either are dead or are dying. And it makes me ask the question, how can that happen to God's church? If we serve the true and the living God, if we serve the creator of the heavens and the earth, if we serve the one who defeated death and rose from the grave and loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son, if we really serve Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nisa, which means that he is my provider and he fights my battles for me, if we really serve the God who heals and the God who hears and the God who answers prayers. I mean, if we really serve the true and the living God, then why is church so boring? Let's just be real. Why is it flat? Why is it that sometimes I can leave and not get anything from it? Well, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about that. But this morning, I want to talk about one thing in particular. Well, several things in this passage of Scripture, if we just walk through it together, I want us to get. And the first thing is that we got to understand the origin and the genesis of the church. The reason that we just go to church and the reason that churches are so messed up because we have forgotten who the church belongs to in the first place. See, I'm a firm believer that if I die and I get put in my grave, God's church is still going to go on. That long, as we, long after we are off the scene, God is still going to be saving souls. People will still be getting baptized. Relationships will still get restored. People will still find redemption long after each and every one of us, as Rev has said earlier, meet our expiration date. God's work will go on. But what about us? What about our church in particular? And see, I, I, I don't take things for granted because I, I've seen some things over my lifetime. I've only been saved for 15 years, but you know how it is. You've seen some dead churches. You've seen some dead Christians. Some folk just flat out make God look unattractive on your job, in your house. You know, you grew up with some folk that used to run to church, splash folk with holy water, pray, speak in tongues, and anoint everything, and they have an ounce of God in them. And it turned us off, just going to church. But I want us to really see what the Bible says about the church. I want us to really see what God says about his church and understand who we really identify with. And if if you look in the book of Acts, one of the things we need to know that Acts is just really, if you ever read the Bible, it's just Luke part two. The same person that wrote Luke is the same person that wrote Acts. 
And the same person that wrote Luke, he wrote it to Theopolis and he wrote Acts to the same person. And what he was doing, he was writing to give indisputable evidence that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He is God made flesh. He is God that came to save sinners. He is the one that came from on high to walk down low with us to provide us salvation. And here it is. The book of Acts picks up where the Gospels leave off. See, one of the things about the Bible is that you got to understand how to appreciate it for what it really is. I know some people don't like the Bible. You got you to gotta outdate a version of the Bible. Get your new one. Get you one that you can read with some crib notes at the bottom of it that you can get some stuff from. But when you read the book of Acts, what the book of Acts is, is really a, it lets you know what happens after the gospel. See, when the gospel is over with, we see Jesus came back. We see that the disciples, they were all scared and huddled together. And Jesus comes back in the book of Acts and he spends some time between his ascension up into heaven. And after the crucifixion, he spends time in the eyewitness accounts about Jesus who had risen from the dead. So much so that it's not just in the Bible, but there are extra biblical sources excuse me, particularly the historian Joseph that writes at that time period of Jesus who had risen from the dead. See, there were many facts and variable truths that proved that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, that showed that the grave was empty. And while people couldn't explain in the way they knew there was something about this thing called Christianity. And see, that's why I laugh at people when people tell me that the church is going to lose its relevance, that the church is going to fade off, that the church is going to die away. You think that our generation has enough audacity to squash the church? Something that began in the heart and the mind of God over 2,000 years ago, you think that we're strong enough to all of a sudden bring it to the end? You think that our hearts are harder than the children of Israel that were wandering through the desert? That God can't work with us? If he can work with them stiff-necked folk in Egypt, I know he can work with us. The church is just fine. Church ain't going nowhere. People pass. Things pass. Pastors pass. Family members pass, friends pass, but the church will be here forever. And if you read in this particular passage of scripture, I like this because this is Jesus on his way to heaven. And it, what, what blows my mind is that they said that if you read down in verses 8 and 9, he went up on a cloud. Could you imagine the scene? Could, have you ever seen anybody ride away on a cloud? I mean, they got them little hoverboards that people ride around there nowadays. But if I'm walking down the sidewalk, if I'm driving down the road and I see somebody floating on a cloud, that lets me know something going on. I mean, I want us to get the picture of what we have here because the disciples have spent three years with Jesus. They saw Jesus heal people. They saw Jesus perform miracles. They heard the voice from heaven holler out that this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. They saw Jesus do things that cannot be explained except for any other way, but it has to be God. And then they saw him rise from the dead. And here it is now. Jesus is on his way to heaven, but he said, I got something for y'all. See, what we need to realize is the reason that the church is going to go on is because God is eternal. And what we need to realize is that the church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is fit together under Christ's authority. The church is about Christ. It points to Christ. It leads people to Christ. We're all baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What I'm trying to say about the church is that the church will outlast any institution, any organization, anything you can think of, because it has the power of God engrafted in it. We got our ecclesiology messed up. All that just is a big word to say what we think about church. 
If you think that going to church is just something to check off your list, you're wrong. If you think that coming to church is just something that you do just because football season over with, which I can halfway understand, you're still wrong. <laughs> church is more than that. God never intended for church to be a secondary activity in our lives. He, at the end of this, he gets, to, he gets to the disciples, and he's sitting around with them, and they knew that Jesus was going to leave, and they didn't want Jesus to leave. And I could imagine that. I mean, you ever been in company with somebody, and they've been, yeah, you, you kicked it. Y'all liked it. Played dominoes together. Hung out. They got to know you. You got to know them. But what's amazing to me is that as close as the disciples were with Jesus, he even said, and God, it's beneficial for me to leave you. What he said, he said that I have to leave in order for the helper to come. See, I want us to understand something right here because, not, look, it's not just the Pentecostals that got a pigeonhole on the Holy Spirit. See, the Charismatics are not the only ones that have the Holy Spirit. I know they five baptized with the Holy Ghost speaking tongues as the Spirit. I heard all of that. I ain't knocking you if that's you. I know some folk will say, you know, church is dead if you don't run around. They try to, they try to you know, you, I can't run around every Sunday. I can't do it. I can't tell you to slap somebody high five and go run across pews. That, I, my balance in there, I got bad feet. I've been and fell down. Ain't nothing spiritual about that. See, what I'm trying to say is that if we're not careful, if we don't read the Bible for ourselves, if we don't know God for ourselves, we'll miss out that we got the spirit residing within us. See, what Jesus was saying, he said, I got to go that the promise might come. He said, Jesus, I got to leave that the helper might come. The helper is the one that was promised us. It is the power of the spirit of God that is living in each and every believer. You got to understand something about this. Jesus said, John baptized you with water. See, the point of the matter that John's baptism was just a baptism of repentance. It was a baptism of turning away from a particular lifestyle and facing towards God, saying that, you know what, now I am committed to God. I'm giving, I'm getting up, giving up those old things. I'm turning my back. And so repentance, all that really means is that I turn my back and change directions and go a different way. And what Jesus was saying, John gave a baptism of repentance, but there's a different baptism now. See, after Jesus ascended to heaven, that was the era of the Holy Spirit. And see, the era of the Holy Spirit is the era that we live in right now. And what the Holy Spirit does is that it gives us power. What I mean by it gives us power, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do things that we couldn't normally do. See, the Holy Spirit gives us the act ways that we could normally act. And see, that's what messes me up when people try to quantify the Holy Spirit and say, well, you didn't shout, you didn't run, you don't speak in tongues. You tell me what's more powerful, that God can erase bitterness out of my heart by the power of the Spirit or I'll run around. You tell me which one's more evident of the power of God. A God that can take my sin-sick soul and wash it and make me white. You tell me which one is more powerful. A God that can take lying out of my mouth. A God that can give me the power to pray. A God that can give me the power to forgive. A God that can give me the power to... You tell me which one is more evident of the Holy Spirit. We've been duped, y'all. Don't think just because you don't run around, you ain't got the spirit in you. Don't think because you don't jump up and down and we don't do all the stuff. And I, don't get, every now and then, I want to get a little shout in. I was listening to old Shirley Season. Jennifer had Shirley Season shouting John playing the other day. I said, I just want Shirley to come up here one time and just tear something up. I want to say, hold my mule. Y'all understand? I want to do the shout dance. I just can't do the shout dance. I don't think I got enough rhythm for the Holy Spirit to work with. 
I done seen people shout before and I want to. I tried a couple times. It didn't look good, so I stopped. But that's not an indication of the spirit that you have. I tell you, if you got the power of God, do you have long suffering? Have you been able to deal with some things that you couldn't have dealt with before you met God? That's the power of the spirit. Are you able to forgive those who do you wrong? That's the power of the spirit. Do you have peace in your life when everything else, that's the power of the spirit. What Jesus was saying, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you the spirit and he's going to give you power. Power, y'all. See, if you think that you can do God's work in your own strength, you're wrong. If you think that my abilities or my talents is enough to get me by with God, you're wrong. If you think that your reputation, your stature, or your history is enough to get you by with God, you're wrong. You cannot get by and do the will of God and do the things of God in our own strength. That's playing church. See, that's why some of us don't get anything because we do it in our own power. We do it. We, 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 when we hear certain things, well, I ain't got to do that. I got my own way of doing things. And so what we literally are saying is that, God, I know that you designed the church. Jesus, I know that you died for the church. I know that you're coming back for the church. But my way of doing things is better than your way of doing things. So I'm going to do your church my way. And when we decide to do God's church our way, what God does is, okay, you got it. And the reason I believe that we have so many dead and dying churches is Tony Evans pointed. He said, because they're not God's church. I said, how in the world can something be baptized with power, can offer repentance and salvation to the world? How can it be dead and void and nothing happening? Because it's not God's church. The spirit is not moving in it. Messed me up. What would that be? To not have the power of God residing in you. I, I want y'all to understand something because if you never felt God's power overtake you in a situation, you're missing out on something. If you always done things your way at your own convenience and you never allowed yourself to lay down your pride, to deny yourself, to let some things go, to experience God in a brand new way, I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for the person that goes to the buffet and only gets a smidgen off the menu. I feel sorry for folk like that. I mean, because when I come to God, I want all God has to give. When I come to God, I want everything that he said I can have. I want all the power that he pours out. I want all the forgiveness that he gives. I want all the love that he gives. And Jesus was saying that when I go, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to give you power. Y'all understand something about this power. I mean, what God does is that he takes our meager efforts, regular, ordinary people, and uses us for extraordinary things. He takes us. Y'all know who y'all are. Y'all know what y'all used to do. Y'all know what y'all did last night and this morning. I mean, y'all know what y'all going to do after church. And God has the audacity God has the gall to take people like you and I and save us, wash us, clean us, and use us for his glorious. I mean, that's why some people look at you and they can't understand why you change. That's why some people look at you and they want to keep on pulling you back. But you got a power. You got something on the inside of you that won't let you go back. And the thing about the power of the Holy Spirit, when I want to go back, he's able to keep me. I mean, when I want to do wrong, he's able to pull me back. 
what I think I'm going to do. He blocks it and shuts the door so I can't do it. It's something about the power of the spirit. And just because you don't run around, just because you don't slap high five, just because we don't necessarily speak in tongues, just because you don't pass out, that does not mean you don't have the spirit of God residing in you. He says that. Y'all wait on it. He said, ain't too long from now. Holy Spirit going to come. He said, this was, y'all heard me talk about him. But now he's about to come. And y'all know, we, we don't need to call the Holy Spirit an it or a thing. He's the third person in the Trinity. He is the one that dwells inside of every believer. And, and we go ahead, we're going to go ahead and clear this up, too. It's not a matter of, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, have you received the Holy Spirit? If you saved, you got the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that we were sealed with the spirit of promise at our salvation until the day of redemption. What that means is that I can't look at somebody else's life and think, well, you know, well, they hitching your stomach, speaking tongues. Look here. If that's your thing, that's your thing. I don't have anything against that. But what that does is that it makes some people think they don't have the spirit. Because if I go to a revival and everybody else is speaking in tongues, and I'm not, then that says something wrong with me. But when you read the text, he says that the Holy Spirit will be given to you, which means it's in the passive voice that the Holy Spirit is something that we receive. It's not something that we can work for. Because our salvation is something that is freely given to us. We don't deserve salvation. We get salvation based off the merit and the love and the grace of God and not anything that we can do. Because y'all know this church be empty if it's based off what we can do. Starting in the podium. <laughs> starting up here. He says that, Jesus said, y'all just wait. And, 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 and to me, I'm... It seems like if Jesus was going to kick off the church, he would do it while he's here. I mean, you think about it. It seems like Jesus, would, he, it's like he would have personally been there on Pentecost, but he let, preach, he let Peter preach. Oh, cussing Peter. Nice toting, and cutting the man air off Peter. Y'all know Peter cussed, right? See, some of y'all think, ain't no cuss words in the Bible. Yeah, it is. Peter cussed. I mean, you mean to tell me that God took that. This power that he was giving to the disciples, it came in the form of boldness. Y'all remember Peter, the disciples were hiding at his crucifixion. A couple of weeks later, they standing boldly preaching in the town center, in the synagogue. Someone showed them, they told Peter to stop. Peter said, you figure out what's best for you. Whether I listen to you or listen to God, I'm going to keep on preaching. The same Peter that lied to them at the fire said, I don't know Jesus. Now all of a sudden has power. Now all of a sudden has boldness. Now all of a sudden can do something that he couldn't have did before. Even when he was walking with Jesus, he couldn't do that. But now that the Spirit has came into his life, now that the Spirit has given him power, he's able to do some things. And this power that God gives us. Y'all know what the problem with some of us is? We don't use it. We don't use it. Some of y'all right now, Got some features at your house. Got it. You got some appliances or whatever that you don't even know how to use. I mean, it's a doggone shame that you can have something. We have a rice cooker at the house. I still can't use it. I see Jennifer just pour the rice and pour the water and hit a button. I can't get it. 
And I wanted to eat some quinoa, because you know what I'm trying to do, right? Um, and I got the quinoa. I got the water. And I even got the rice cooker. But I can't enjoy it because I don't know how to use it. And the thing about it is that God has given us everything that we need. But we miss it out. Everything that you think you need, God has already given it to you. Everything that you could possibly even hope for or desire, God has already given it to you. But until we choose to follow his instructions, until we choose to do his will, y'all going to be just like me with that rice cooker in my quinoa. Messed up. I'm sitting around waiting on her to cook it for me because I can't cook it for myself. But he says that, he says, in a couple of days, not too long from now, he said, the Holy Spirit is going to come up on you. And this is the thing about the church that really gets me. He says, then you shall be my witnesses. See, but, but before we get to being his witness, you got to look at what the disciples said. See, it, it shows a parallel right here in this text between our way of thinking and God's way of thinking. See, we always say, I believe sometimes some of us, we shoot too low. We, 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 our prayers are too small. We don't aim high enough. We, we don't trust God for the impossible. They sit there saying, well, now, Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? And Jesus looking at them thinking, I got a plan for the whole earth. Do you, can, you, can you put that in scope with your prayers? You're losing sleep and praying over your little bitty thing, and God has all of eternity in his hand. And you're afraid to ask God for just a smidgen, and God has all of eternity in his hand. I'm going to tell y'all, I'm going to strike you out swinging hard with God. They say you don't get it because you're asking this. I won't get it because I won't ask. i tell you that right now. I ask God for everything. I, and people look at me like I'm crazy. I said, well, I just believe he can do it. And they said, well, nah. He said, y'all missing this. He said, y'all still thinking it's about the nation of Israel and the kingdom of Israel. He said, I got something bigger in mind. And see, one of the reasons that we miss out on church is because we think it's about us. Right. It's our fault. We t- we, we, you hear it on TV. Go get your blessing. Every other song, go get your breakthrough. Go get this from God. Go get that from God. Get this. You know, 10 steps to be a better you. How to have the happiest life you ever had. Ain't no, I, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I can't. If you're looking for that type of preacher, person, I can't tell you that. Life is hard. Things don't go my way. It's full of disappointment. I don't know what to tell you. I read the Bible. I mean, Jeremiah was a man of sorrows. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I can't make you happy every Sunday. If that's what you're looking for, I promise you, you won't come back. I mean... <laughs> Huh? I ain't get fed today. I'm sorry. I don't feed folk marshmallows. I mean, you need some stuff that's going to last. You need something that's going to help you out through the trials of life. You need something that's going to let you know when your husband or your wife walk out on you, when you get a bad report from the doctor's office, when they let you go on the job. You need something that's going to hold you. You need something that's going to keep you. You need a God that can handle the rough times just like he can handle the good times. You need a God that is able. He says that y'all worried about the wrong thing. He said, it, it, it's none of your business when we're going to set the kingdom back up. He said, but let me tell you what you need to be worried about. He said, you should be my witnesses. Now, this is, this is I want us to understand something about the church. Because, see, and this is one of the reasons why I, 
when certain people get talking bad about the church and about Christians and the media and the radio, this is why I get offensive. I get offended by you. Because the church is the bride of Christ. He said, you will be my witnesses. That is a possessive pronoun. What that means is that we are the object of Christ. We are his bride. He told Peter when he made that confession, he said, on this rock, I will build my church. We are in his body and he is the head. I mean, he died for our sins. We are covered by his blood. We are baptized in his name. We are baptized in his spirit. He says, you will be my witnesses. See, the reason that the church doesn't grow or the reason that the church doesn't make a difference is because we're not witnessing for Jesus. See, y'all know what a witness is, right? It's somebody that has firsthand experience. See, when you, when you, if you got to go to, if you get summoned to court as a witness, you ain't up there because of hearsay. You ain't up there because you heard so-and-so say it and you saw a post on Facebook. Now, nah, you're not a credible witness. When they call you to court as a witness, they're calling you because you have firsthand experience. And what Jesus is saying, the reason that you got it because you got firsthand experience of me. You have walked with me. You know what I'm able to do. You know the miracles I perform. You know the difference that I make. That's why you're going to be my witnesses. The truth of the matter is, if we can't witness with Christ, that means we have no experience with him. And that's a sad thing for a church to not be able to witness for Christ. It's a sad thing for any believer. Any Christian to not have a testimony. Everybody ought to have a testimony. You ought to have several. And Lord saved you 25 years ago, and your testimony is 24 and a half years old. You need to get upgraded. <laughs> you should have something that God is doing in your life or working on all the time. And you hadn't experienced God in a fresh new way and had a fresh revelation of who God is. I feel bad for you. If he hadn't fought any of your battles here lately, something's wrong. You need to hook up with somebody. If he hadn't made a way out of no way, then something is wrong. You need to know God like I know God. He said you will be my witnesses. What that is literally saying, he is saying that because of your experience with me, I can use you to reach the world. Because you have walked with me, because you have obeyed my word, because I have called you, saved you, washed you, and given you new life, you can be my witness. Because I have made the difference in your life. You can now make a difference in the world. He said, my witnesses. So what that means, ain't no test of lying, it's testifying. Y'all don't all seen the test of lie, right? Or a test of me, get up, all this about me. Well, you know, the Lord sure did this for me, and I just said this and me, and just lying, and all my haters, that's a testimony. When we witness, when we, when we testify, us being, it's supposed to point people to Christ. See, the problem is, is that we want to point people to us. I'm going to tell you all something. If I die, and, and I say this because I'm going to preface this with a story. I knew a gentleman that I thought was a godly man. And the moment I got to talk to him, I said, this Joe got an ego problem. Held the whole church up because of him. He the oldest member. You know, unlocked it, locked it, had all, and held the whole church up. Well, we don't need to do that. We don't need to put no money in the kids. Church just dying and dead because of him. I know a church right now because my grandmama bought the first pew. They won't let it go. Sitting on eight acres of land. 
Y'all know what I can do with eight acres? Y'all know what we can do with eight acres? In a, in a, man, I mean, in like six folk on Sunday morning. I said, are you kidding me? You will hold up the kingdom of God for your preference. Well, we don't want them in here. We, you shouldn't have screens in the church and all that technology. Oh, well. I mean, you look at it. Oh, well. We got Wi-Fi, too. Oh, well. I guess we are going to hell. I mean, you know. I'm trying to figure out what, what, what time period does God's approval stop. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, oh, well. And the crazy thing about it is that if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in ourselves and us being comfortable that we miss out on the mission of Christ. See, when we find ourselves bickering and arguing over things on the inside and we inwardly focus as a church, we missing the mark because he didn't tell them that they're going to be my witnesses and stay in the upper room for the rest of your life and then complain about how bad the world is. He said, you're going to be my witnesses. And he gave them an outward focus. He gave them an outward direction. He gave them a path and a pattern to follow that says you should always be reaching out to bring people in. You should always be reaching out and telling people that there is a God that loves them. There is a God that forgives sins. There is a God that can change lives. There is a God that can do anything but fail. But if we're sitting around arguing, talking about what color the curtains are, I'm just talking about what church folk do, chicken or fish, arguing over crazy stuff, while the world is out to die, we missing the purpose. we missing the reason that Jesus started the church. He says that you should be my witnesses. Y'all know the craziest thing about that is? When you get called to the court, you got to testify. You mean to tell me that you witness an accident? You get subpoenaed to go to court. And then you're going to take the stand and not say anything? You were right there when it happened. What they do, Red? They hold you in contempt? I don't know for sure. I just saw it on TV. I mean... I mean, you know, what did they tell you? Tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. What's it called when you're lying? You perjure yourself? Yeah, you're perjury. Hmm. You mean to tell me all God has done for us? Woke us up here now for 30 days, 31 days in 2016. And I ain't told nobody. I hadn't witnessed to anybody. I hadn't pointed anybody to Christ. All the blessings that I have. Y'all know after the fast, I ate two and a half steaks on Sunday. <laughs> I, ate, I ate so much steak, I got tired, then woke up on Monday morning and ate the other one. Kids looking at me like, you going to share? I'm thinking, no. <laughs> you mean to tell me? And we got the audacity not to witness. We got the audacity to show up as a church and just go through the motions. Now, the only thing I can think of is that we ain't got no power in us. If, if I'm not, if, if I don't have a growing relationship with Christ, if I don't have anything I could tell somebody about God, then I ain't got the power working in me. And I'm telling you, I don't want a powerless church. Everybody out here ought to be a walking testimony of what God can do. It's not just up to the deacons. It's not just up to the praise team. It's not just up to the preacher. Because we ain't on your job. You're on your job. God set you up to be a witness right where you are. It's folk on your job right now going through hell. And here you are. Got all that power up in you. Ain't nobody benefiting from it. 
Got all them blessings just thrown on, all them breakthroughs you've been asking for, God been giving to you, and you in your cubicle keeping it to yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. He said, you will be my witnesses. And the thing about the church, y'all, is that we don't testify of each other. We point people to Christ. And the reason that we are his witness is because he can make the difference. And unless you believe that Jesus can make the difference in somebody's life, then no wonder we don't testify. No wonder we don't bring people to church. No wonder we don't, we don't share the gospel with anybody. Because I don't think God can make a difference in your life. You too messed up. The person that is the raggediest, the person that you think is the most far gone, that's probably the person God wants to use. If you don't believe me, just ask the Apostle Paul. He said, I was the chief of sinners. He said, I was the worst one. He said, it's even so bad that right now when I'm trying to do good, the bad thing happens. I find myself doing the very same thing I said I wasn't going to do anymore. And I know he wrote, the, he wrote some books in the Bible. So what's that say about us? None of us perfect, but we got the Holy Spirit working within us. And if we want to see God move, we got to be a witness for him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen.